Hey, it's Jay, and I'm back with another podcast. I am back. This will be um, in addition or another podcast under the single series. Um, the Holy Spirit gave me this uh, a while back, but uh, for one reason or another, I wasn't able to um, come on here and and do it. So I'm really excited to share what the Holy Spirit gave me. Um, this is for, uh, it'll be for a mixed group of people, I believe. Um, it is for singles. Um, so if you are single, this is for you. Um, this may be more, um, it may relate more with, uh, singles who have been waiting in the Lord, uh, for a long period of time, and you're wondering why you are still single, but it still applies to singles that have not been waiting on God. They've just been kind of doing their own thing, and you're still wondering um, why you are still single. Um, so, I want before I share that, I just wanted to share. Um, I I know in a two podcasts ago, I talked about why I hadn't been doing any podcasts um, and what I've been working on. And there's been a lot going on just in my personal life. But one thing I can share is that the Holy Spirit um, led me to write a singles book. It's actually going to be a workbook. So it's going to be interactive um, with questions and journaling. Um, And so I've been working on that. I am almost done. Thank the Lord. Um, and I will have two versions. One will be for women and the other one will be for men. I hope and pray that the one for women, um, will be available, um, by December, hopefully on my birthday. Um, but I'm just going to give all that to God whenever he decides to release it. Then that's when I will let you guys know. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited about that. Um, cause it's my hope. I have been single for a long time. And it is my hope that if somebody else can learn from the mistakes that I made in my singleness to prolong my singleness, um, I am more than willing to share um, the mistakes that I made and things that kept me in a cycle of singleness for a very, very long time um, so that you don't have to go through the same thing. So um, I am going to be talking and sharing what the Holy Spirit gave me Um, and I pray that it helps, um, and also that it is something that resonates and that you respond to, um, because it's not just by happenstance that you are single, um, but I don't want to get ahead of myself, so I'll, I'll, just let me back up. So the, the, and he gave me quite a few points, so I'm going to try to just list them all out in the most streamlined way possible because I don't want this to be exceedingly long. So the first reason that he gave to me um, is that you have not submitted your love life to God. So that could be for, that could apply for people who either don't believe in God or not even sure um, if God exists. Or this could be for believers who just have not given God access um, to that area of their life. So God, um, I, and I talked about this in my last podcast, but just in case you haven't heard that God, when he set up the, the parameters of the earth, when he set up earth, he created certain laws for this world to function by. Um, and one of the laws is that no spiritual being can move and do and act on behalf of a human. Um, So that includes God. So God will never do something on behalf, on your behalf, um, without your permission. So he's not going to move in any area of your life unless you give him access to. So if you have not invited God into your love life and into your relationships, he's a gentleman. He's not going to force his way or his will into your relationships. It has to be a choice that you willingly allow God um, into your love life, into your relationships. So you have to submit your 
your love life to him. Um, this was something that was foreign to me. I didn't really come to understand this until I was abstinent for, um, abstinent and single for four or five years. And I heard this woman on YouTube and she was talking about letting God write your love story. I don't remember her name right now, um, but she was a very beautiful woman and she was talking about how she let God write her love story. And so I remember in that moment, I told God, I want you to write my love story and I surrender it to you. So that's as simple as it gets. That's all you have to do. But until you do that, um, God has not been given access into your love life and he's not going to take it. Um, this will also include submitting current relationships to God. So if you're if you are married and you're not a believer, um, I would pray because I don't really know. He didn't give me that. This is more so for people who are in a relationship and they're single. Not they're in a relationship and they're not married. So if you are in a in a marriage or if you are in a marriage and you are a believer or one or two one of you guys is not a believer. Um, I will pray about that and see if God gives me um, something specific for you. But this is for mainly for um, people who are in a long-term relationship or just in a relationship um, that they have not submitted to God. So you're not married. Um, you could have been together for 10 years, 15 years, um, or just for a month. But you got into this relationship and you did not seek God, and you have not submitted your relationship to God, um, that might be why you are in this. And I say single because in in God's eyes, you're married or you're single. So if you're dating, you're still single. Um, so if you have not submitted your current relationship to God, you want to do that. That's not saying that the current relationship that you're in is not of God. It's just you don't know until you submit it. So um, I've told people this um, many times before, and I just want to make this plain. So submitting your relationship to God is not being like, okay, well, if God wants me to be in this relationship, then he'll take me out of it. Or if he doesn't want me to be in this relationship, then he'll end it or he'll do something and we'll break up. Or if God wants me in this relationship, then he'll do something and put us together. Again, God is not a forceful God. He has an immense amount of power, but he is extremely gentle. If you don't give God permission, he will not do it. So submitting your relationship to God is not saying, oh, well, if he never texts me again or if he never calls me again, then it's not meant to be. But if he calls or texts me, then, uh, you know, we're meant to be together. Submitting your relationship to God is going to that person and saying, hey, I really like you. I think you're dope. I think you're awesome. But I'm not really sure if you're who God has for me. So for a period of time, I'm going to ask that you don't contact me and I'm not going to contact you. If that person is a believer, ask them to pray um, as you are going to pray and you're going to fast and seek God on your relationship. If that person is not a believer, just explain to them as plainly as you can that you are honoring God with your relationship. And so that requires you to pull away and not contact them and that you will let them know what God says. When you do that, you are then going to cut communication with that person um, and like really withdraw from that person. So if you follow them on social media, maybe muting them so you don't see them. And the only time you um, interact or um, engage with that person is in prayer with God. So if you are missing that person, you bring that up to God. If you have a concern about that person, you bring that up to God and you're constantly praying for this person. And you may even have to fast so that you can hear God clearly um, during this time. But that is what submitting a relationship to God looks like. You let that person know, hey, this is the plan. I hope to hear by God by this time. I am going to ask that you don't contact me and I will not contact you. And sticking to that um, and then doing whatever God says. If God says that that relationship is for you and that's the relationship that he has for you and he did ordain it, 
great. I'm so happy for you. And then he will give you instructions how he wants you to move forward. Um, if that, if God comes back and he says that relationship is not for you, um, you want to be obedient to how he tells you to get out of that relationship. Um, so yeah, that is what I mean by submitting your relationship to God. So number two, and God gave me this and I wasn't really sure. So I'm pretty sure this applies to, uh, a person. Like he had me write it for one particular person. Um, so I was asking God to, cause he had been giving me different things for the past month or so about why, um, there's a long, elongated, why some people who have been waiting for God have been, um, in this long season of singleness, like just ridiculously long. I'm talking about five years, six years, uh, 10 years, some people 15 or 20 years. Um, and he had been giving me different things and I wrote down most of them. And I asked him again to bring it to my remembrance. And this was not one thing that he gave me before. This is something that he gave me today. And when he gave it to me, I thought of a woman. I don't know this person, but this person um, that he brought to me is um, has been waiting uh, on God for a long time. And they've been abstinent for a long time. Um, and the reason why you are still in your singleness is because of pride or self-righteousness. And I I don't know, he didn't give me the details, um, but what he did say is that God has revealed to you who your husband is or has given you an idea of what your husband will be like. And you have rejected that person because of pride or self-righteousness. You feel like you're better than that person or that person you don't feel like... Um, aligns with who you desire to be or who you see yourself um, self-righteously or righteously. Um, so I would bring that to God and ask him for a deeper clarity on that. Um, because it's not that I think in your mind, you feel as though you're waiting on God and God is waiting on you to release that pride um, and to let go of that self-righteousness. Okay, so number... Three um, is singleness. So it's how you steward. The reason why you may still be single if you're waiting on God um, is that you are not looking or not stewarding your single singleness well. So stewardness, sing, help me Lord. <laughs> singleness is a path to marriage. Um, it's similar to how the wilderness was a path to the promised land for the children of Israel. So the children of Israel had to go to the go through the wilderness to get to the promised land. The promised land was theirs. It had their name on it. They were en route to the promised land, but they had to go through the wilderness because they were things that they acquired Beliefs, ideas, behaviors, um, character, flaws, things that they had acquired in their time in Egypt. And if you're not familiar with what I'm talking about, please go and read um, Exodus. So there were things that they had acquired at, during the time when they were slaves in Egypt that God wanted or had to rid them of before they could go into the promised land. Now, that path, the trip to or through Egypt was only supposed to be uh, a few days. I think it was either 11 or 13 days. That's how long God intended them for to be in the wilderness. However, because of certain things that they chose to do, um, and I'm going to talk about a few of them because of the way that they handled that wilderness period, it caused them to be in the wilderness for 40 years. So that was not God's intention for them to be in the wilderness for 40 years. But at one point they were just circling the mountain over and over again. 
And I know for me, um, because I did not, at least initially, I did not steward my singleness well in the beginning. And that is why I have been single for so long, because for the longest time, I bought into what society said about singleness. And it's basically like the worst thing you could ever want to be is single. You know, it, it's the least desirable um, and it's the most forgotten. You know, you're, you're pretty much a nobody as long as you're single. That's what, um, that's how I viewed it. That's how um, society portrayed it to me. Um, that singleness is not where you want to be. You want to be in a relationship. You want to be married. That's the goal. And because of that, for a long time, even after I submitted my relationships and my love life to Christ and to God, I still did not steward my singleness well. I still complained. I still felt like there was something wrong that needed to be fixed just because I was single. And that elongated the time that I was single. And I'm saying this because there are also people who are believing God for their spouse. And you have maybe knowingly or unknowingly started a journey that you have started with God. And because time has gone by, you're thinking that either there's no promised land or that promised land, you don't have access to it. But I'm here to tell you that you do have access to it. You are en route to marriage. But your singleness and how you steward, how you, how you handle your, your singleness that all determines the time, or even for some people, even if you reach the promised land. Because if you go back to Exodus, there were people who did not get to go to the promised land because of choices that they made and things that they did um, when they were in the wilderness. I do not want that to be you. Um, so yeah, sorry. So Singleness is not a curse. It's not something that you have been, <laughs> that you have entered into or has been set upon you because you're undesirable or for any of those reasons. Singleness is a place where you prepare for your God-ordained spouse and for your purpose. So if you stay focused on God and preparing for your God-ordained spouse and your purpose, you won't add any additional time. Now, there is a time frame. There is, and I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. There, there is timing. There is a set time. God is a God of order. There is a timing for when you will um, encounter your God-ordained spouse, when you will enter into courtship, and when you will be ushered into marriage. There is a time frame. But you can add time to that time frame um, if you do not steward your singleness well. So, um, I'm going to, I had these in, a, in an order, but I'm going to switch the order just so that way it's clear. So, one way that you can not steward your singleness well um, is disobedience. So during this time that you're single, it should be you and God. Um, and you may have people in your life that you're close with, that you feel a connection with, but it's still you and God for the most part. And God is going to be sharing things about you that he wants you to work on. He's going to be refining you and edifying you, correcting you, but it's all for a purpose. And depending on how you respond to those things, it can it can increase the time that you have to to wait because he's not going to let you move forward into marriage with certain things still not handled. 
So you just kind of, just like the children of Israel, you just kind of are in this uh, waiting, just going around in circles. So I, one of those ways that you can do that is disobedience. So when I first became single, this was in, I don't want to say, so <laughs> this was a, a while ago, long, long time ago. Um, I became abstinent first, and then I, uh, um, through time and, and through God working on me, I decided to um, wait till I was married, and I decided ultimately to wait on God for my God-ordained spouse. So when I first became single, um, I want to say it was like year one or year two. It was really, really early on. God had spoke to me about writing a book. And initially, because I've always been a writer, um, he just gave me thoughts and I would just write them down. And then this lady came to me and she told me that I needed, that I was supposed to write a book. So she kind of confirmed. I had already had like the early stages of a book, um, but then she confirmed it. And then as time went on, there were some things that happened. Um, I lost my father he passed away. And then like immediately after, like a month after my father passed, I moved to Baltimore, Maryland. Never been to Baltimore, Maryland. Did not know anybody in Baltimore, Maryland. And I was young. So this was like very new to me. And the last thing on my mind was that book. Um, but God had put it on my heart to write it. So years later, I'm talking about almost a decade later, or maybe it is a decade later. I still had not written a book. I knew that I was supposed to write a book, but I didn't write it for one reason or another. I just kind of, and it wasn't like God ever, you know, because he's not that way. He never forcefully was like, hey, you need to write this book right now. It was just like, you need to write the book. You should probably write a chapter in the book now. And I'd be like, well, no, you know, because it's not there. And I would push it off for months, sometimes even years. I didn't do it. Because of that, now I know that part of my purpose and part of the things that I have to accomplish in my singleness is writing this book. If I would have known that five or six years ago and just written the book <laughs> and just been obedient, I could have entered into the promised land a long time ago, but I didn't. I didn't know. Um, so there are things that God is going to introduce to you if this if you're newly entering into your um your waiting on God, your singleness um journey, your journey or if you've been on this journey for a long time, there are things that God told you and you may not even be sure that that's what he wanted you to do, but he put something in your heart and then somebody confirmed it or they mentioned it. Or maybe you mentioned to somebody else and they confirmed it when you mentioned it. And it's going to be ever so subtle. Go back to that. Ask the Holy Spirit to remind you, whatever that was. It could have been going back to school. It could have been learning a new trade. It could have been moving. Some people have been told to move. You've been told to move. And for whatever reason, you are still where you were five, ten years ago. And God told you a long time ago to move to San Diego. But because you didn't know anybody in San Diego or you didn't know how to get there, you didn't do it. Decisions like that will keep you in a, in a period of singleness for longer than God even wants you to be there. I'll give you another example. Um, my family has always had like this um, strong connection with food. Um, and so, um, again, earlier on in my singleness, God would prompt me to fast. I hate fasting. Even till this day, I do not like fasting. It's not fun. It is not fun. It is not fun. And I would be like, no, I can't, I can't fast. Or no, I'm not going to do this fast. Or no, I have to eat. Or, you know, oh, I'm tired. I need to eat. Um, and he would tell me certain things to do. He would tell me to give up certain foods. He would tell me to work out. And I would just find excuses not to do it. It seems like such a trivial thing. But I know now 
that God is not going to release me into marriage until I get a handle on these things. And I know it seems like, oh, that's kind of superficial. No, because the things that you don't overcome in your singleness, the enemy has access to use to overcome your children. I'm going to say that again. So if whatever you haven't overcome, and for me, food, food and um, sugar, especially sugar. Oh, God, sugar, food. Um, I don't want to say it's an addiction, but there's a strong connection with me and food. I grew up around it. It's how my family expresses love. It's how we show our love. It's how we showed our love. Until that has been overcome, until I can overcome that, the enemy, if I don't overcome that and I get married, that can also, the enemy has direct access to use that to to bring my kids into bondage or use that to overcome my children or my children's children. And it's not just with food. It could be anything. It could be with lust. It could be with money. It could be sex, anything. Anything that you don't overcome and then you then make a covenant, it can open doors to your husband, to your wife, and it can also open doors to your children. And in this time, God does not want you to enter into marriage with a stronghold because he's, and I talked about this in the, are you ready for marriage? So um, if you want to know more about that, go back and listen to that one because he's using kingdom marriages as a strategy now. And these kingdom marriages are going to be occupying a lot of the enemy's territory. And there's not going to be room for cracks in the foundation for the enemy to, to come in. You've got to be rock solid. So hopefully I'm not getting ahead of myself, but there are things that you can do in your singleness. Disobedience is one of them. Complaining is another one. And um, if this is resonating with you, I would strongly recommend you opening the Bible or downloading the Bible app or going to your favorite Bible app of choice and rereading or read for the first time the book of Exodus. Complaining was another thing that kept a lot, a whole lot of people out of the promised land. There were people who were not, I think it was anybody under the age of 20 and Joshua and Caleb. Everybody else died in the wilderness. They did not make it. Um, so complaining about being single. I know that it's difficult, especially when you see everybody and their mama getting married. <clears throat> and you hear just people you didn't even know were dating or just popping up with engagement rings. You know, that type of stuff. I get it. You don't want to complain. It's called grieving the Holy Spirit. When you are a believer, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Everything you do, he experiences. When you complain, even if it's not out loud, he can hear your thoughts and it grieves him. You don't want to do that because that can prolong your singleness. Um, the next two things I'm going to group together. Um, so taking it back to the children of, <laughs> of Israel, um, the reason why anybody 20 years and, and under, they were the only ones that could enter is because the older people had had a mindset. And it's very hard to change a mindset. They had beliefs and ways of thinking that the wilderness was not able to shake them from. They wouldn't let it go. So the reason, another reason why you may still be single, even though you've surrendered your relationships to God, you've been abstinent. You are waiting on God. One, an, another reason why you may still not have been ushered into marriage or why you have not met your, your God-ordained spouse yet is because of your mindset. And that includes your expectations and having unrealistic or unhealthy views of yourself or of marriage. Okay, so I'm I'm going to break them down separately. So expectations, that includes your attractions, and I talk about that um in I believe it's called attractions. There's another waiting on God series 
another podcast in the Waiting on God series. I think it's called Physical Attractions. If this is resonating with you, please go back and listen to that one. You have to submit your attractions to God um, because who you think you should be with physically, like what you think your 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 spouse should look like um, or be like or act like or think like, that may not be in line with what you need and it may not be in line with what God has for you. Um, so if you are holding taut like, to this, oh, my husband has to make six figures, or oh, my wife has to be skinny and fine. That might that might be why, because at at a certain point, your expectations can form a mindset, and once a mindset is framed, it's very very hard to shake. So. You want to submit your attractions to God. You want to submit your expectations to God. Um, And you also want to come against any spirits of perfection or perfectionism. So a spirit of perfection or perfectionism is the idea that you have to be perfect or your spouse has to be perfect. Or it could just even be a critical spirit where you notice everything wrong in everybody If if that is something um, that you are dealing with, you want to begin to ask God to be delivered from a spirit of perfectionism. You are not perfect. Your spouse will not be perfect. Um, and you do not have to be perfect before you can enter into marriage. There are things that will be wrong with you, issues that you will have, that you will work on and grow through in your marriage. So, and not even necessarily like um, personality things or character things. Your finances may not be the best right now. They don't have to be perfect just for you to be married or for you, for God to to put you with someone to, to usher you into marriage. You do have to submit your finances to God but and, and be willing to work with God on your finances. But everything doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to be a golden egg to be able to qualify for marriage. Um, and then unlisted, unrealistic and unhealthy views of yourself. Um, so if you are one of those people that subscribe to fairy tales and fairy tale relationships and you believe that your husband should do this and he should open up doors and and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, um, or that he should, you know, make all the money or just unrealistic views because none of that constitutes a healthy marriage. Yes, it, it, it really would be nice if, if you're a woman and your husband is chivalrous and he opens up doors. Does that mean that your marriage won't be prosperous? No. Yes, it would be nice if your husband is, is super rich. Does that mean that your your marriage will not be blessed if he's not? No. So if you have unrealistic expectations, unrealistic views of yourself or of marriage, or if you've even made marriage an idol, that can deter you from leaving your your single series, from you becoming um, married. Also, if you have um, unhealthy views of yourself or of the other sex, that can also deter you um, from getting married. So, or not deter, but prevent you from entering into marriage. So if you don't see yourself um, as God sees you, if you still don't think that you are desirable, if you are still dealing with issues from your past and that shapes how you see yourself, that can affect um, you moving into marriage. Insecurities can also affect it. Um, and then also, if you have trust issues or just really, really polarizing views of the opposite sex. Um, so if all men are dogs to you, obviously that's going to prevent <laughs> 
you from moving forward into marriage. Um, and you don't want to stay stuck in those ideas or stuck in those thoughts because then you can create mind mindsets and mindsets will ultimately keep you single for, for a very long time or for forever till you die. So you don't want to develop an unhealthy mindset. You want to see yourself. You want to see marriage, like the institution of marriage, and you want to see your God-ordained spouse the way God wants you to see it. So if you are struggling with any of those things regarding your mindset or how you see marriage, um, ask God to help you and begin to pray for those things. Okay, so the next thing, and I'm not going to spend a long time because I just did a podcast on this, but soul ties can keep you in a season of singleness for longer um, than you desire, especially if that soul tie is not broken. Um, And I talked about that in both, there's two podcasts on soul ties now. So please go back in and listen to that if you want more information on that. Um, And one thing I didn't talk about in the soul ties, but also spoken words um, in relationships. So if you ever told somebody that you were in a relationship with before, um, that you wanted to marry them, or even even um, calling them a husband or wife, sometimes that can create, um, I don't want to say a word curse, but words are very powerful. Um, if, you, if you said things like, I only want to be with you, no one else, um, I, I want to be with you forever. I, in high school, I used to tell my ex, we used to say to each other, you're the best thing I have in this world. Probably shouldn't have been saying that <laughs> um, because words have power. You can create that that um, that atmosphere. So if you said things like that, it's not a real big deal. You just want to go back and you want to renounce those things. Um, so you just say, "I renounce saying that to that person," and ask uh, God to cover it in the blood. And you want to make sure that you don't say those words in future relationships. Um, also exes speaking words over you. So if an ex ever said, I'm not ever letting you go, or you're always going to be mine, um, those can actually form a word curse. So you want to come against those in the spirit. You want to pray against those, um, and pray for that person also so that you can be released from those word curses. Um, the next thing is timing. So I know that this is probably not the most favorable um, reasons why you may still be single. It could just be an issue of timing. It's not your time yet. Oof, I know that hurts um, because who wants to hear that it's not their time <laughs> for something that they desire? But again, God is a God of order. He does have a timing for everything. There is a season for everything, um, including your season to be married. So um, it may not be your time. And one thing that can affect your timing is operating or moving in your purpose. So if God has called you to do something and you haven't done it and you know that you're called to do it, um, you want to go ahead and do that because that can affect you um, moving forward in your marriage or moving forward into marriage. Um, but ultimately, you want to pray about it and see because I don't want you to think that just because you're operating in your purpose that now all of a sudden it's your time to be married. The timing ultimately um, is God. God has the final say in that. So um, timing can be a reason why you're still single. Um, And I will, if anybody wants me to pray about that, um, just reach out to me. I will pray. for you, if that is an issue for you, if, if you feel like it's already been time enough and you're growing impatient or you're growing weary, please let me know. Um, cause I would definitely pray for you if you would like, um, generational curses is a, another reason. And you definitely, you really want to get in the habit of repenting and asking God to remove any generational curses any generational iniquities, um, because there were sins that were committed by your grandparents, by your great-grandparents, by people you've never met before, people you probably don't even have pictures of that can still impact and have um, an effect on your life. So 
You definitely want to pray against any generational curses. If everybody in your family, all the women in your family have gotten a divorce or have never been married or their spouse dies, more than likely I would be willing to bet, and I hate betting because I hate losing money, but I would be willing to bet that there's a generational curse there. So you want to ask God um, to break those generational curses and to also reveal to you any generational curses in your bloodline so you can begin to speak against them. Um, so that they don't continue through you and through your kids. Um, strongholds. So another thing, and I talked about this in the podcast, um, are you ready for marriage? So you want to get rid of or break any strongholds. Um, and a stronghold is any sin um, that... Is firmly established in your life. So pornography could be a stronghold for you. Stealing could be a stronghold for you. Lying could be a stronghold for you. Any stronghold, lust, um, any stronghold. For me, a food, food, food addictions, that could be a stronghold. You want to um, ask God to help you to overcome and to break any strongholds because he revealed to me that he's not allowing any strongholds um, to be in any kingdom marriages. You can still get married. You can still get married. You can go out and marry whoever you want to. But these, what I'm talking about here, and I probably should have prefaced this in the beginning, you can get married. It's God gives us choice. We are free moral agents. You can do whatever you want to do, and God will respect your choice. Um, and I talk about this in the... Are you ready for marriage? There are three types of marriages. Um, and the, the marriages that God is focusing on for his glory is marriages that he's putting together. So if you desire a marriage that God puts together, and I talk about more why you would want a marriage that God would put together. I talk about that more in that podcast. Please go listen to that. Um, if you desire that, you have to get, um, you have to submit these areas where the strongholds are present to God and you have to ask God to overcome them. And then you have to work out the steps of overcoming overcoming them. It's not easy. I'm still going through it. Um, but there is a reason. And it's because those areas where there are strongholds prevent a direct, it gives the enemy direct access to you and to your bloodline. And God is not allowing that. He's not having that in this season. Um, so your foundation, it has, it has to be strong. It doesn't have to be perfect. You do not have to be perfect. Um, but your foundation does need to be strong. Uh, rejection. Rejection is the next reason in unforgiveness. So previous relationships, if there's any um, issues of unforgiveness, um, if there was an abuse, abusive relationship, you want to make sure you forgive that person, not just in your heart. You can't wish them well things. Forgiveness is a, a verbal act as well as a spiritual and emotional act. You have to say, I forgive Johnny for X, Y, and Z, and I let him go. Um, no, it doesn't, um, it doesn't mean that they're exempt from justice. They will have to deal with what they did to you, but it just means that you are free from that offense. So you want to, you have to forgive your exes or the, the people of your past in order to be free to move into marriage, a kingdom marriage. Um, also rejection. So this ties into disobedience, and I'm going to explain how. So there are people who you've been believing God for a long time. Um, for your spouse. And somewhere along the way, somewhere along your journey, God revealed to you a person and said that this person will be your spouse. And it may have been um, an instant acceptance. You could have been like, oh yeah, God, I believe you. Or it could have taken time. And he confirmed it um, that, that this person is your spouse. Or you could have been in a relationship with somebody um, and it, you knew it was a God-ordained uh, relationship, but so, for some reason the relationship just ended. Just and there was, there's no reconciliation. 
that person, um, or so like if God told you, sorry, so this can happen two ways. You could be in a relationship with somebody or you could have been in a relationship with somebody and that relationship ended. You knew it was God ordained. God confirmed it, that this is who he has for you in one way or another, and the relationship just ended. Or you've been single, you've been waiting, God revealed to you who your husband was and or who your spouse was. Um, and you may have even been um, in a relationship or not even like in a romantic relationship, but you may have had a friendship with this person. You may have inter- interactions with this person and nothing happened. Um, or that person just straight up told you, I, I know that you're who God has for me, but I don't, I don't want you, or I don't see that for you, or I'm not attracted to you. Um, basically the person that God had for you <clears throat> and that God made aware to you, they decided that they did not want to, to be with you in one way or another. And there's a lot of different ways that this can happen. Um, it is a form of rejection, but it's not, and this took me a long time to understand, it is not that they rejected you. It is that they rejected the calling or the purpose that God had for them. They chose to go a different way. And there's nothing wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with you. Um, but you have to let them go. And I think about the story of Saul and... Um, Samuel. So when Israel was looking for a king, Samuel first was told by God to anoint Saul. Saul was very much fitting of the king. He looked like a king, very tall, very handsome, um, and they were pleased with him as a king. And then uh, Saul did some things he shouldn't have done. So God had moved the anointing from him to someone else. And Samuel um, was grieved by it, and God actually told him. He was like, "How long are you? How long are you going to grieve this? I've already decided. I've moved on to another. So this person that God has told you, and I don't know how long the the time frame has been. Um, you could have been together for years. You could have known about this person for years. You could have been praying for this person for years, um, and then all of a sudden." It has moved to another. So that person has decided um, to, to not be with you. And God has told you to move on. You need to move on. Don't hold on to it. I don't care what the signs were. I don't care what the confirmation was. I don't care how anointed or the feeling that you felt when they were together, um, when you guys were together. Because if you don't let the thing go after God has told you to let the thing go, now that person who decided not to be with you um, or not to choose you after God presented you to them or revealed to you or revealed to them that, that you were their spouse, they're already in disobedience. But if you don't let that person go, you will be in disobedience because now God is telling you to turn. And if you don't turn, if you hold on to that thing, um, you will be in disobedience, and that will prolong your singleness series. So you want to let that go. And, oh, Lord, this is getting long. So <laughs> the last one, um, and probably the most important one, is um, you're hidden. So this is for people who um, you've been single for a very long time, or maybe not even for a long time, but your singleness does not look like other people's singleness. Nobody's checking for you. Your phone is extremely dry. Um, it seems like even when you're the best dressed, you're looking good, you're smelling good, got on your best outfit, nobody of the opposite sex is looking your way. More than likely, you are hidden, and God is hiding you um, for two reasons. Either he knows you, and he knows that you could... Um, fall victim to a counterfeit, or he knows that the person that he has for you is a ways off. And so he's hiding you and protecting you um, from falling into a counterfeit situation, or he's protecting you for that person. He's saving you for that person. So um, don't try to fight it if this is you. <laughs> and I And I know exactly what this feels like. You're not unattractive. You're not undesirable. It's literally like angels go before you everywhere that you go and puts a veil 
in front of you. So they're not going, no, 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 nobody other than the one that God has for you is going to even look your way because you are covered. You are hidden. Um, in this time, it can be frustrating, um, but just stay in God. And um, when the time comes, you will be revealed. You will be saved for that person. Um, and of course, you can, you can choose not to be Save. You can be like, look, God, this is cool and everything, but I need a man. I need a, a girlfriend now. I'll go ahead and bust the move. I wouldn't suggest it, but you can definitely do that. Um, but just know that if you're hidden, it's going to be a lot more difficult. Because like I said, there, there are angels that, that are going before you and veiling you. Um, because God is not willing to risk you um, attracting or even entertaining another. So there's probably a really strong calling on your life and on your marriage. Um, so congratulations to you. <laughs> um, but yeah, that could be another reason why you are so single, especially if you've been single and it just seems like nobody is looking your way. Like there's no perspectives, like nobody more than likely you are hidden. Um, so yeah, I, this is way longer than I expected for it to be. So I'm going to keep it short. If you have anything that you want me to pray for you, on if you are really struggling in this time of singleness, please reach out to me. Um, I will put my email and my IG on in the description box of this podcast, so you'll probably even see it before you listen to the message. But please reach out to me. You do not have to go through this alone. Singleness is way more um, pleasant and a whole lot easier when you're not in isolation. Um, so just because you're single does not mean that you're alone. It just means that you're not with your God-ordained spouse. So, um, yeah, that is it for now. I hope that this really helps someone. And I don't know the next time I'm going to be on. Uh, <laughs> but until then, I pray that God keeps you, that he watches over you. Um, really take care of yourself during this time. <sighs> and until then, thank you for listening.